It's a god in the state of mind Two guys from Jersey with attitude all the time Football kids and movies about crime it's a garden state of mind. Hello and welcome back to Garden State of Mind, episode 45. I'm one of your hosts, John. With me here I have Jeff. Jeff, how are you this week? I'm great, Johnny Cakes. Always great. That's excellent. Forty-five. I hate to I hate to talk about numbers. There's a podcast I listen to that they bring up sports numbers with, with uh, the number of the podcast. But uh, <laughs> okay. I, I do want to mention number forty five, Gary Fensick. Uh, who, safety. Who the hell is Gary Fensick? Legendary Bears. Uh, I think a safety, free safety on the uh, 85 Bears. Oh, he was? Yeah. He was I on the 85 have, Bears? Yeah, I actually have a Gary Fensick Bears jersey. Oh, wow. Why were you carrying that jersey? They beat the Eagles I, that year. Uh, no, they didn't. That was 88. No? Oh, yep. got it, got it. I don't know. I, I I love Walter Payton, and then you know, back in the day when they were in the playoffs, and you would just I like really love the Bears, and uh, I don't know how I got onto Gary Fensick. I think uh, he was white. He was white and smart, and uh, was slow. And I was like, that's funny, just like me. I I will give you a a better athlete than than Gary Fensick. Your okay. slow ass Gary Fensick. Michael Jordan wore number forty-five in in nineteen ninety-five when he returned to basketball. Okay, that's better. That's way better, right? Yeah, that's, that's pretty yeah, good. A this, bit. this should be a good episode. This is for all our Chicago fans. We're it's all Chicago all the time. Garden State of Mind. <laughs> Double doinkers. <laughs> Double. <laughs> Excuse me, John. I'm a little. Yeah, uh, I, got we, al- I got we, allergies. So we should probably mention that. It's here and there. Yeah. You just received a death sentence from your doctor, and you only have about, what, three months to live? Yeah, just about. So hopefully <laughs> we get to episode 50, our uh, golden – what's 50, golden? 50 – I don't even know. I guess it's golden, right? It, what's silver? Silver 25? 25, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're going to get to our golden anniversary soon. I'm going to give you a golden shower. Ah, now we're talking. <laughs> So to do, tonight we we want to talk about Carson Wentz. We want to talk yes. about um, Toronto fans, a little Philly radio, Philly sports radio talk, maybe a tale from the gym. Um, and then it would be great if we could get into episode one of The Sopranos. Let's see how much time we leave ourselves. Uh, we swear, two, we swear one. we're going to talk about The Sopranos. This isn't just a teaser. We actually want to get back into the series, but... There's so many important things to talk about. I know. Uh, I, I don't know. How do you find a time? Oh, so Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. Big news over the last week. Uh, he signed a four-year, $128 million contract. Uh, looks like $107 million guaranteed. Average annual salary of $32 million. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this signing, this re-signing, I should say? Uh, you know, it, it was basically a foregone conclusion. Um, so I'm glad they got, you know, glad it got finalized. I, I don't, I don't know much about the details. Uh, I know he, um, I know he pretty much tied Russell, Russell Wilson in terms of, I guess, overall number. Um, my concern is, is what the cap hit will be, and and hopefully it won't, you know, strangle the team. 
But um, the first, like the day it happened, I mean, this is big news. And the day I, the day it happened, I kind of clicked on the link, whether it was Facebook or Twitter. And like the first couple comments I saw were negative about, you know, why are they signing this guy that gets injured all the time? Oh, and I was God. just, I, I, I just couldn't fucking take it. I couldn't even read the article. I'm like, like there's nowhere, there's no like place you can go anymore to see to just read something normal. You mean without ridiculous inane like, commentary? Like, yeah, I who who the fuck who who is who's thinking like this when it comes to Carson Wentz worried about his injuries? Who? And I would, I would say like 30% of our fan base I think know, is they seem fixated on it. I mean of all, of all the days to talk like if you want to talk about something say I hope his cap hit isn't. That's the only, the only complaint you can have is, I hope his cap hit isn't too big. You know, it has well, to be a, a, a Brady S. Be, well, the the cap hit this year is only eight point four million. That, okay, that's yeah, good. Right. That means they're you know, set up, you know, to 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 spend this year because right, next year it's twenty two. Okay, um, and that's confirmed or well, whatever. According, yeah, who cares? But. Um, no, go on. I interrupted your little I just, uh, diatribe. I, 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 I just don't know what the fuck is happening, Johnny. Like, like you know, we, we, we've already discussed, and I guess we're probably going to discuss it again, you know, Philly Sports Radio and all the fucking morons that listen to it. And, <laughs> and, and you know, I, 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 you know, we have plans, we have designs for us to increase our local – you know, listeners, uh, come, come football season, you know, mm. we're all football obsessed here. You know, there's nothing wrong with that, but everyone is so fucking dumb. I almost like, like we need like an IQ requirement to listen. Like you can't, you can't be stupid and listen to us. I don't want you to listen to us. If you're stupid, you're probably not listening to us right now. If you're stupid, because you're listening to this Cataldi. wouldn't make sense to them. No, you're already listening to Cataldi. You probably still have a flip phone. Because you're, you know, you don't <laughs> have a real, right. You're working in a hoagie shop. You don't have a real job. You don't have health insurance. Uh, you know, you, you, you're, you're so dumb. It's, it's amazing that you can even walk around South Philly and stay upright. So well, I don't are know. They all in, are they all in South Philly? No, well, no, we every- can't call out South Philly. No, they're everywhere. They're in the Northeast and, you know, and North, yeah, Northwest everywhere. They're all over right. the place. They're, they're so fucking dumb. Uh, I, I, I just. Some I mean, are in Jersey. Some are in Jersey. Yeah. And in fact, probably a lot are in Jersey. You know, when once we start really expanding our, you know, our podcast, we could do a couple, you know, satellite podcasts for the dummies. You know, maybe we'll have like an online coloring book that they can color along with while they're listening. That'd be fun. You know, like gritty and the fanatic. You know, in a in a cage fight. You know, something that'll really get them excited. These fucking idiots that are so fucking stupid. They don't know who – they don't know what the fuck they're listening to and why. And they're going to complain about the best young quarterback in the fucking league getting a contract to bring up an injury. Who's thinking that way? You can't be intelligent and your first thought is I'm going to complain about Carson Wentz's injuries. Who who is thinking like that? You can't be smart, right? I know. Well, you know what the funny thing is? Um, first of all, I love how wound up you are. This is so perfect. This is exactly what we needed tonight. 
because there's just fucking nothing going on in the world of sports. So we needed something to to amp us up. The the funny thing is that after, so when Wentz went down, what, what was it, twenty seventeen? Yes. He went. He went down, and you know he was on his way to it. Was a masterful season. To that point, he goes down in the Rams game. He was clearly playing for MVP, you know, of the regular season. Correct. Um, at at that point, and then he goes down. Foles comes in. We all know the story. Uh, the wonderful end of that story: Eagles win the Super Bowl. And I would say, um, for like maybe the 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 full twelve months after that, you know, besides Nick Foles being worshipped as he should. You know, a lot of the talk was, well, hey, Wentz was off to a, you know, he he was really carving out a a Pro Bowl season and blah, 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 and everyone gave him the benefit of the doubt. And then that all just started to die off, I would say, over the last six, seven months, where now all you hear is, oh, well, he's just injury prone. He, He just gets injured every year. They lost all the benefit of the doubt. They people say, "Well, he never finished that season. Foles finished that season, and who cares? You know how good he looked. He didn't finish it. He got hurt, and so all the credit that he had built up. And I mean, you know, you and I both remember that season well. I mean, he was amazing. He played played his ass off, played out of his mind. Um, you know, that's all gone with like half of the city. Nobody remembers it. They don't care. They want Foles back." Um, and guess what? I would have been happy if Foles was our quarterback for the rest of my life. I, I, you know, I would have been fine with it. But we have Wentz, who's technically a better quarterback, right? Of course Skills he is. Wise? That's right. We're, you know, there's nothing wrong with being in that position where you you always will love Nick Foles. But it was no contest. Foles versus Wentz. It wasn't. And you know, I even I even like to think that his back injury last season. You know, it was a real injury. It was, you know, it wasn't critical. But I got to I gotta think that the team is like, you know what? We have a capable backup. We have the Super Bowl MVP as a backup. We could shut Carson down for the rest of this season knowing that we're not worried. And that's just about 2019. We got 2020, 21, 22. We have his, his career to think about. So why, why fuck with the back unnecessarily? Let's see what our Super Bowl MVP can do. And, you know, not right off the season, but we don't have to shove him back out there. So, and, 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 and you know, beyond that, I, I don't know, you know, why you're going to think he's just injury prone now. I think that was a precaution last year. I think it was. You know what? Honestly, last year, he just, he wasn't having the greatest season. You know, it didn't, it didn't really measure up to the standards of his 2017 run. No, he was um, definitely but, he was but definitely quarterbacks re- are up and down. Well, he was rebounding from a, from a severe knee injury. I oh, mean, totally. Yeah, that 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 impacts every every player. I, I mean, what what quarterback comes back from an injury like that and sets the world on fire the the next season? Well, I mean, like back to back to my kind of general question. Let's pretend you are just all Nick Foles and. and because he won the Super Bowl, you only want him to be your quarterback. And like you for real, like you just to say, we'll trade Carson, get some draft picks. Let's pretend you're that guy. Now, Foles has been gone for months now. Why you know, you got to let it go, number 1. Number 2, what is your what is your real mindset to complain about Carson getting signed? Do you 
Do you not want him to get signed? Would you rather we had Dak Prescott or Goff that we had to give contracts to or Kirk Cousins? Yeah, maybe they want Cousins. I, 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 I don't know how that's someone's instinct. Just, just everybody online is so fucking useless. They don't except have us. an answer to that question. Yeah, except us. They don't. They don't have an answer to that question. They don't t- know. Yeah, I guess some of the want falls back. You, you, you could switch on. Uh, I don't know. Hold on. Give me a second. Who, who do you want to listen to? Mark Farzetta in the morning. Uh, Anthony Gargano and. Uh, whatever dickhead he's with in the afternoon. I don't... Catality, Johnny Marks, and Ike Reese. I mean, I don't, I don't listen to anybody. I, I have seen, um, Miss Anelli on TV now. And, yeah. you know, I think he's reasonable. You know, he, they're all pompous asses, but I think his, yes. his takes are, are okay. I mean, you know, I, I don't, he's not, he's not pretending to speak for all the fans. I mean, you know, I, no, I don't think so. I mean, I think, and he he takes both sides. I think, like he plays devil's devil's advocate well, but I think he truly just goes with what his belief is, whether it's the popular opinion sometimes, and and then other times it's not. Um, I kind of appreciate that. I get sick of the rah rah rhetoric. You know, I don't like that. You don't like it either. Um, you know, I like supporting our teams, but to me, the world is so much more interesting when. I can think about opposing views and we have conversations like that. That's interesting to me. That's interesting radio to me. I think Miss Nelly brings that. I don't like listening to these other hosts that they're just, I don't know, just go birds. Like every call, you have to end the call with a go birds. Like, right. that, oh my God, it's that provincial I, fucking yeah. bullshit. I just hate it. Well, I mean, you know, we're podcasters. We both listen to podcasts. I would rather listen to Missinelli and and um, who was it Tyrone? What's his name? Um, his, his like co-host, you mean his producer. Yeah, yeah, his producer. that's his producer. I would rather hit, listen to him and the, and Natalie. I would rather listen yeah. to the three of them just talk. I don't need you know Joe Blow from Kensington calling in, you know, <laughs> to say uh, you know ten days till training camp. But fuck him. I don't care what. I don't give a fuck about what people in the city think. I'm t- I'm tired of explaining. How sports work to the dumbasses in the Delaware Valley. I'm tired of <laughs> I see, I actually like it because I know that eventually the callers are going to get under Missinelli's skin and irritate him, and then that's going to work him up. Like, I like that drama. That's why when I would listen to Gargano's show when he used to be on in the morning, and I really, I was hate listening to it. But I used to love it when someone would call with an opposing opinion or they would say, oh, you just because he was up Carson Wentz's ass like so far, you know, way ahead of time. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it was OK to be happy. Like I was I was always happy we had Wentz and excited, but he was really up his ass before he had ever even done anything. So people would get on his case about that. I like that dynamic of, you know, the callers pissing off the radio host. I'm fine with that. But you're right. I mean, in terms of getting intelligent opinion out of the average fan, it's just a waste of time. You're spinning your wheels. You're not going to get it. And then you have you have the Cataldi Gabe Kapler situation this week where they I guess they were So so arc- why don't you explain that to to listeners who may not have heard? I I mean, listen, I did not listen to any of it. I just read an article not. from Crossing Broad. Another great podcast about Philly sports. Um, yeah. 
It was Cataldi had Kapler on. I guess he has him weekly. And he was trying to get Kapler. So, I, I mean, if you're not a Phillies fan, there was a play where Andrew McCutcheon was on first base. Uh, Segura uh, kind of pops up but falls down as he pops up. And he kind of stumbles and then doesn't really bust it out of the batter's box. The second baseman drops the ball. McCutcheon's caught in a rundown and and blows his knee out because of the in the in the course of the rundown. So right. now Cataldi is convinced and he gets he gets to jump on this. We're fucking Philly and you gotta hustle in Philly and if you don't fucking oh. hustle. And then the hustle became right. no other fan base likes when their players hustle. Right, right. <laughs> of course, that's unique to us. We, we <laughs> you know, that's our thing. I, I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't want to see. You know. Uh, I don't want to see. Fucking Bryce Harper hit three hundred and whatever. I need him to just be hustling all the time of down just first hustle. base on when he's popping up. I mean, you know, what are the percentage of pop ups that get dropped? <laughs> fucking five percent. I mean, you. you <laughs> You know when you're hitting a fucking shitty pop, and you're a batter. You're first of all, you're a baseball player. You're selfish as is. You mostly care about your stats. It's not really a team game. You just have to do your, you know, play your position and get hits. So when you pop up and you you basically waste it in a bat with a pop up, you're pissed. And you know, running hard or, or, or slowing down at a certain point. You know, the, the, the ironic thing is, McCutcheon. About a week and a half ago, and all the games bleed in together, so I don't know what game it was. He yeah. he he basically hit a ground out to second. The second baseman bobbles it, so McCutcheon is kind of loafing the first quarter of down the first. He sees him bobble it, and then he turns on the Jets like he goes like right in the fifth gear, and yeah. he he was out by a hair. So then you could argue that McCutcheon should have been you know if he was bolting out from the beginning, he would have been safe, he and he would have been right. And, you know, Jimmy Rollins did this. And, you know, if you're your manager, you bench of course. Him, whatever. But what the fuck do we expect from the, you know, we oh, they make a billion dollars. Why can't they hustle? Oh, because they're fucking humans. And, you right. know, they're pissed off that they ground it out. So anyway, back to fucking Kapler. And so Cataldi is getting on Kapler saying, well, do you blame Segura for the, for the injury and all this? And, you know, and then I guess Kapler got animated. And then... Cataldi says he's the spokesman for the Philly fan. I got 500 emails from Philly's fans. You got 500 emails from the jerk-offs that listen to you that somehow they must have went to the public library to send you an email because there's no fucking chance they have a computer at their house or a, <laughs> or a smartphone because these idiots don't have jobs or not good. They're signing into AOL, like yeah. dial-up. <laughs> right, right. That, yeah, there's no <laughs> fucking way you're getting emails from normal people. I didn't email Angelo. Right. You didn't. So his he's a not. spokesman for the fans. Get the fuck out of here. And well, I, you know he believes he is. I mean, look, this guy, that guy has been doing radio. What's it? Thirty years. Hey, we. You know, the last thing we can do is say he doesn't know how to get ratings. Uh, you know, he's not successful. I'm not saying that. And oh, the, right, the, right. the reason he is is because everyone is stupid. Correct. He's so, stupid and so is everyone else. Right. And all his listeners that love him and talk, you know, and oh, my God, I, I, I just I don't know how anyone sits through it. Well, they love wing bowl talking about people eating wings, doing eating challenges. Yeah. They, I, they love it. I, people just, crowd the stadium to watch that, to watch people eat wings and then see girls in bikinis. 
on stage. Um, not that I have anything against that, of course, but all I'm saying is that the, the mentality, it's been the same for like 25 years now. And it's your, it's your average, average intelligence fan. And I <laughs> A- hate to average. say that it makes, I'm, I'm trying to be generous. It makes us sound like pompous dicks. I don't care. It really does, but no, I don't care either. I, I've heard so many times the hosts, you know, of one show or another say, you know, Philadelphia fans are really smart. And every time it pisses me off when I hear that because I say, no, they're not. No. I hear the opinions all the time. They're not smart opinions. No. It's usually like uh, it's like mob mentality with with Philly fans. For the most part, I mean, you know, we we want hustlers instead of skill players, right? We want a guy with grit, hey, not a guy that can hit the hit the ball. If you're hitting, if you're hitting two ten, but you busted out of the, of the batter's box, yeah, I'd rather have you than the guy hitting right. for hitting for average. I mean, I, I I don't want the pretty boy who blows off practice but knocks in 120 RBIs. Yeah. That's not the guy that I want. Yeah. And you know, and guess what? Uh, when you're a superstar athlete, you're basically coddled from eh, 15 or 16 years old on. I mean, not coddled. Like you, you look at you look at baseball players. When if you're in the majors right now, when you were in high school, you were probably batting five or six hundred. Like all you did was rake, and you know, and that just shows you how the competition is in the majors. So. When you're when you're batting 500 in high school, and you're being recruited all over the place, I mean, you're special. You're always special, and you that's know, all that they know. Yeah. So, I don't even know. I don't know, Johnny. It's okay. I understand. I'm on your side. What well, What were those idiots saying about the missing at him? What, what so, happened when you commented there? The, the name of their show, not that I want to give them any of our listeners, but the name of their show is uh, Edge of Edge of Philly Sports. And so they, they broadcast every Thursday night at 9 p.m. I mean, I guess you can find them on Facebook. And it's funny because I sat there one night and I watched them for like 10 minutes. And they were watching – it was during the – it was when the Sixers were still in the playoffs – and they were watching the game, and they have that visual where it's like their four heads. It, it looked like the Brady Bunch. So I, I'm looking at like four faces. I guess there's four people on the show. It was like okay. three guys and the one guy's wife. And, you know, they're just commenting on the game. But it's like you're watching a game, and I'm listening to you comment on the game. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm watching you do that. But they so they – you know, they just don't come across as like the sharpest tools in the, in, in the shed. Shocking. And I know. And I just, it jumped out at me. So I follow them because I was like, oh, let me just keep track of these guys, you know. Just like I follow Fourth and John. You know, I want to know what, what the other podcasts are up to. And right. this guy posted something about he, he was blocked by Mike Missinelli because I guess he was trolling him. Um, laughing about it looks like the latest ratings in Philly show Missinelli is in third or fourth place. I I don't know. Um, you know, and that's all well and good. You know, I guess Missinelli's dropped. Uh, and this guy says, well, it's because he's a fraud. 
and he talks down to people and blah 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 the, these were some of his complaints you know no merit and he and he says you know he makes he makes up facts i, I don't know there were no examples given you know it's just you, you, that kind of argument and i was just like i don't i listen to missinelli all the time you know i do i listen to him at least for 15 minutes a day you know if i catch a show mm-hmm. and i don't feel talked down to i understand what he's saying i don't feel like he's talking down to me i mean i only you can like you're in control of that, right? If you feel like you're being talked down to, that that's because you feel a certain way about yourself. I I am fully confident in my knowledge. I don't think Missinelli can can dehumanize me or talk down to me in, in his radio broadcast. So I I just kind of took umbrage with what they were saying, and I you know I posted a few comments back. Of course, um, apparently I like getting into these social media wars more than I thought I did, but you know <laughs> they gave up. I I responded twice, and then they gave up. So that was that. Oh, good. You win. Edge of Edge of Philly Sports. We'll be going after them this summer. Yeah. You know, uh yeah, this 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 is right up our alley. And you know, I don't know what I don't know uh what how we're going to get the smart people on the what they're doing, what they're listening to right now. I don't unless, know. Unless they're unable to turn the dial uh in their car, but We'll see. They're probably listening to Bill Simmons, you know, probably some I, of the other stuff that we listen I, to. I doubt they're listening to podcasts. I mean, because, you know, unless it's unless it's from the 215 area code, uh, you know, they can't listen. <laughs> oh, wait, are you talking about the smart fans or the dumb ones? You're talking about the dumb ones. I don't know. I'm talking about all of them now. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I was – you lost me there for a second. But, yeah, yeah, Edge of Philly Sports, I – I think what we're going to do is we'll we'll pick, you know, we'll grab some of our listeners like uh Big Mike from York. We'll have him harass them. I think we're going to have to unleash some of our fans onto them. Okay, that's a good. And idea. yeah, I like that. And then uh we'll just wait let's wait until the football season rolls around. And I'm going to start I'm going to be paying attention to them and we will mount our attack on the the dummies, the the dumb fans. That's who we're going to take on. We're taking back the city. I I it, love it. Putting it into the hands of the intelligent. I love it. Let's take back the city. Take Beautiful. back the city. Let's, uh, let's have right. a ra- we'll have a rally. It's like a civil war. I I love it. I I, I love it. <laughs> okay. I, I just want yeah. I I just want to read about my quarterback's contract and not be annoyed. That's all I want. It's not it's not mm-hmm. a big ask. It's difficult. No, I mean it's it's not a big ask. It's difficult these days though. You, you can't get very far. You're right, though. I, I This is why I stayed off of social media for as long as I did. Do we want to talk um, about... I can't take it. Do we want to talk about that, that passenger shaming? Yeah. Yeah, why not? Let's talk... Pass- well, do you want to talk um, Toronto fans first? Hmm. Let's, get the pa- let's do the passenger shaming because we talked about it last week, and so we don't want to leave it hanging again. Sure. All right, so set the stage, please. So passenger shaming, it's a, it's a Facebook thing when it's, it's, it was set up by flight attendants. And basically they show, you know, they just post pictures of people with their feet, you know, bare feet on walls and bare feet going through seats and all this <laughs> kind of shit. You know, people Thanks. will change diapers and leave them on the ground or, you know, they open up a small bag of chips and it looks like, you know, a, 
they exploded all over the place. I mean, people are just disgusting scumbags. I mean, there's no, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, once we get our website up and running, I'll have a million pictures. Uh, I already do have a million pictures of people that I've traveled near um, that are ready to go of just a disgusting thing. You know, people doing yoga right next to you. Right. And it's, you know, just no wonder, every- no wonder alien life wants nothing to do with us yeah like, i think visit i think visitors have come from other planets and they've taken a quick peek and they're like i don't think so yeah. i don't think we want to mix we don't want to know you we're back to our galaxy even you know fucking et he knows nothing from the nfl and he couldn't believe he if he were complaining about the carson wentz contract <laughs> and he went i'm right i'm going back to fuck home fuck this now is he just anti-philly or anti-earth well, it could be both. Now, Philly is not the worst representation of, of Earth anymore, but we'll yeah, we'll discuss that in a second. Right. So um, back to passenger so, shaming. So there's this so they, there's this video on passenger shaming and it is um I don't know, like a like a fifty second video. So there's this guy on an aisle seat. Uh, he's being videotaped by the guy in the window seat, you know, two seats over from him. And he is just a white trash, you know, dirty. He looks dirty on the screen, and he's drunk. He's so drunk, he's just kind of sitting there, and he's, like, slouching. He doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. And he, like, reaches into his pocket, grabs a cigarette, and lights it up. He's on a plane. So, <gasps> Oh, yeah. my God. So there's a guy across from – in the aisle seat across from him. He looks over. He sees him light up. This is a grown man. Okay, he's yeah. looking. He's looking over at him, and he's like, he, he, he. You can see him start panicking. He's looking around, and then he's like, oh. then he's looking up at his call button, and he's looking, looking above, and looking behind, like looking for a flight attendant. And he hits the call button, and you, this guy, I, I can't, I, I can't describe what a huge pussy this guy was. That's all I. So that's so I, so I comment in. I don't notice any drunk guys. All I see is this huge pussy tattletailing on the drunk guy and then i <laughs> and i tagged you in the comment i wanted you to see this yes video. and so instantly it like just starts the comments i'm i'm in the middle of a facebook war that i you know i didn't enter and it was you know uh you know people asking me was i a schoolyard you were schoolyard bully weren't you uh wow. all i know you were up against some social justice warriors right in that, in that thread my comment was, all I noticed was a pussy tattling on the smoker. That's my comment. <laughs> and 15 people got angry about this. Uh, you know, you were schoolyard bully. All I noticed is the impotent, fat, bald guy being a tough guy on the internet. Now, wait, why did they say you're bald, by the way? I don't way? know. Uh, you know, I take offense at that. I'm not bald. I'm a little fat, but, you know. I, ah, come on. I, you know, being a tough guy and then. You know, and then people are getting excited that, you know, somebody no, – here's another one. Get help, guy tells me. Yeah, that, get help. Like you're so bitter. Uh, and and this same person and then another guy, what should he have done? What would you have done? This seems it was handled appropriately. And and so the one guy says to me – hold on. <laughs> uh, no, it's so good. It's really fun. I'm sorry. Give me a sec. Um, so the guy that asked if I was a bully, I'm like, yes, I was. Another guy, you know, the guy told me to get help. I said, I will. What do you recommend? Uh, you know, <laughs> the guy asked me what I've done. I would have said, I said nothing. I would have sat there. Uh, and then this guy puts, another guy puts, your poor kids. Now, 
I could have really taken offense to this. You know, this is an insane comment because I said well, somebody well, was a pussy. My, my right, what's the kids, connection I don't know. between your parenting skills and your thoughts on the whistleblower on that that flight? I don't know. And, and so the same guy I said, I said I'm, I'm sure the guy in the video would have already called Child Protective Services on me. What are you waiting for? You right. know, my, my kids are in such danger with me because this guy – see, here's the problem. And then people got into the smoking debate, you know, secondhand smoke and uh, – you know, mm-hmm. it, it's only been We're all dropping like flies, right? It's only been a law for 30 years. And I'm like, well, it's not about the smoking. It's about this is a grown man. Why are you such a pussy? Why do you need a, a flight attendant? Number one is going to be there in a few minutes anyway, just naturally. Like, just reach over and tell the guy, hey, man, I, I can see you're, you know, you're a little drunk. You can't smoke on the plane yeah. or just remind Hi. the drunk guy he's on a plane or even better. Sit back, watch the drunk guy do drunk guy stuff. It's fun. Drunk guys are there. I, I used to get amused by drunk people. It was always fun. You kind of watch them stumble around. They do dumb shit. It's fun, right? Isn't that fun? No. I mean, I think so. I think that guy that the, – the guy that had to alert the flight attendant, he's like the kid that raised our hand and said, you forgot to give us homework. Yes. You forgot yeah. to assign us homework, Miss uh, Miss Brown or, or whatever. Right. You know, it was that kind of that 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 kind of personality. It, that's what he looked like anyway in the video. God, I wish we could show this video to people. I know. Um, we have the link to it. Yeah, that's yeah. actually not a bad yeah. idea. Put yeah. it in the show notes. He was the captain of the safety patrol, and but it's just a colossal pussy. You're a grown man. Do you really need a flight attendant to bail you out of the situation? Just reach over, <laughs> tap the guy. I mean, and 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 you know, and the the outrage about smoking. Oh God. Cut it out. My, you know, my, both my grandmothers didn't smoke. They live with smokers their whole lives. You know, both my grandmothers outlived my grandfathers by wide margins. Right. Secondhand smoke is bullshit. I hate to tell everybody. It's, it's, you're not going to die from secondhand smoke. I mean, you really have to be, you know, just shoving your face into clouds of secondhand smoke and breathing it deep all day long in order for it to have any effect at all. Right, like you're talking about smoke that's that's mingled with the with clean air, and you're breathing it in. Like it's so diluted. What are what are people talking about? And you think being exposed to it on a plane like that's good, you, you better go see the doctor after your flight because you breathe that in. Right. That 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 thirty seconds, literally thirty seconds of cigarette smoke from drunk guy. That's going to be the thirty seconds that finally, you know, commit your cancer full bore. Right. I need you to set up an innovator on me quick, immediately, yeah. please. Uh, it, it, we need, yeah. Do, can, is there any chemotherapy on this plane? Can we get me hooked up for the duration? <laughs> right. uh, you, uh, you, and guess what? You know what? If you're that susceptible to secondhand smoke, you know what? You're not going to last anyway. Yeah, you're weak. You you're got weak. weak lungs. You're weak. Whatever happened to Darwin? Darwin, you're 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 That's, weak. I mean, you're being we, weeded out. Yeah, we need to thin out the herd. And by the way. Not condoning smoking. If you smoke and you're pretty stupid, you're going to die right. too. So, I mean, at this point, why anyone is doing – but anyway, this, this this and Carson Wentz, I I, I, I just don't know what the what, – what is the point of everybody? What is everyone doing? Why is you're at the so end ex- of your rope. Everyone gets so excited about this stuff, so uptight. Let's just have fun. Let's just have fun. There's a drunk guy doing stuff. 
There's a there's a franchise quarterback getting a contract. Let's enjoy it. No, this is uh we live in the culture of shaming. People love shaming others and sharing their opinions and pontificating on social media. And that's really what now like I think that video is just funny. Like I I, I enjoy that type of shaming. You know, hey, here I'm going to post this picture of this moron that's smoking on a plane looking at him he's drunk. You deserve to have your picture posted everywhere for doing something like that. I think yes. that's that's justice, right? Right. But but then to go off on a tangent to be one of these people that's commenting and going off about the ills of smoking on a plane, like yes, we we all understand. You, it's against I, the law. You're not supposed to do it. I understand. Yeah, I mean, in 2019, the people that are getting all excited are the people that believe that men are women and women are men, and everyone is. There's no biological differences <laughs> between anything. So when right. I see a grown man being a colossal pussy. You know they don't see that at all because no, yeah men have men don't have to act in a certain way, um, except if you actually want to get laid by a woman, I think you have to act <laughs> like a man a little bit. You do have to demonstrate the presence of a ball sack at yeah. least twenty percent of the time. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah barely twenty percent. I mean, you know you haven't been Anywho. snipped entirely. You're not a eunuch. You're not the unsullied. You know you. No, you have balls and you could actually, you know, tap a drunk guy on a plane on the shoulder and say, hey, dude, put out your cigarette. We're on a fucking plane, you drunk ass. And the guy probably would have apologized and put it out. Believe it or not, even I, who I don't like to touch people or talk to anybody, um, I've actually tapped people on the shoulders a few times and said, you know, I had one one person had like their 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 vent on. And for whatever reason, their vent was at like, you know, jet force level and it was free. It was like hitting me like right in the eye. I'm like, hey, man, right. can you just kind of move that. You know, you know I, I didn't. I didn't. Why I, did they have it angled towards your eye? What I, the fuck were they I doing? Know. I don't know. That's I didn't so get, bizarre. Yeah, I didn't get the call button. I didn't ask my I didn't ask my neighbor to, to tell him for me. How great would that be if you called the uh, the flight attendant? And they come up to your row and you say, could you tell this guy next to me, <laughs> like you're leaning over them, could you ask him to, to uh, move his uh, jet stream off of my face? <laughs> that would that would take some balls. Hey, not to switch gears, um, Malcolm Jackson wants his contract reworked, so he's got a four-year, $35 million. Um, yes. I just saw on the scroll. Why, uh, why isn't his contract getting reworked? Do you have any thoughts on I... that? Why isn't it? Yeah, why? Why I, did uh, Why did Howie let it get to this point? I guess because Joe, uh, what's his name, left. <laughs> so oh. everything's falling to shit. <laughs> That's right. We're going downhill now. Yeah, it's the end. The, the Jets are on the upswing, and the Eagles uh, are are they're they're done now that Joe Douglas is gone. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I don't know. I mean, he he uh, he didn't show up for OTAs, right? Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, whatever about the OTAs. I'm so that this is another, this is just the worst time in, in football, and and not just. I mean, obviously, no brainer. They're not playing. It's just the worst time. There's so much um, harping on what's going on in OTAs and who's showing up and who's doing what. All this stuff that doesn't matter. Like, do you think it matters what Tom Brady's doing today? No. This do you is. Think it matters what Julian Edelman's doing today or anyone 
Are you? No. Are you a Patriots fan? What's going on? Uh, this is no, this, just yeah. This is all driven we, by we sports them. writers who are absolutely you know uh, meaningless at this point. Um, no one cares about. I, first of all, I don't want any of my skill guys doing anything in OTAs other than just maybe running some patterns. Obviously, no contact. Uh, I want my, I want all my running backs just just seated at all times. They don't need any miles on them. You know, before August, they are the most valuable players on the field, Jeff. Right, the running back. Nobody can do what they do. You know, except for uh, the twenty other guys next to them. Speaking of of non issues that are issues, or you know, vice versa, or whatever. The there's some outrage against the Toronto Raptors fans, but not enough for my mm. liking. No, I know. Um, but a decent amount, though. They got called out pretty good. I, it, it, it happened, and it was, I mean, uh, it, it was awful. The cheers when Kevin Durant got hurt, and and there was, and then you see the the, uh, the lower level, the court side camera, and there are fans waving to him. He's on the ground, and they're like waving bye to him. It's fucked up. That's fucked up. And That is. That that's a that's a thirsty fan base though. What do you mean? They haven't won shit. You know, it's been a really long time. I, okay. Um, they, uh, but they're waving to the guy. That's. I, I'm not. No, I'm not defending them. I'm just saying there. I think there are reasons why they're. I because I don't think they're all. It's Canada. Like how controversial can they be? Oh wow. That's, you know, I, I wasn't expecting this take from you because. Uh, uh, well, I I despise them. I you know listen. We're 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 right to get upset about this because it would be the dominant story of the game if it happened in yes, Philadelphia. It would. So, so it, you know it's 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 on the radar, but not where it should be. And we're coming off game four, Bruins Bruins Blues in Boston. Uh, Bruins lose on a on a bad. You know, there was a bad – well, they were losing. Then there was a bad call, um, and then, then the Blues scored to go up two goals. But, you know, they're throwing things on the ice. They're beating each other up in the stands. <laughs> These – I mean, you know, we've said it before. Let's say it again right now. Boston fans are fucking horrible. Probably they're the, the worst. worst. They're worse they, than Yankee fans. These guys, all they do is win, and they're beating themselves up and throwing shit on the ice. Again, if that was 200 miles south – it would fucking be the tragedy to end all tragedies. <laughs> there would be uh, – th- you would have Stephen A. talking about it on first take. Um, it would be all over ESPN. USA Today would be picking it up. Headlines yes. about Philadelphia fans and the atrocity and people eating shit or whatever. Uh, it would be the biggest story on earth. You know, Yeah, you know what anno- – yeah, what annoyed me today was the, there's nuance today. There's nuance. Well, yeah, it's not all the fans in Toronto oh, that cheered Kevin bullshit. Durant. It's not all of them that did okay. it. It's a vocal few. What percentage? But but it was all of us that in fa- that that booed you know that cheered uh, Michael Irvin's injury. And you know, <laughs> why do we even have to bring right, that up? That's that what I mean. Terrible. Like, of course. And you know, actually, that was my whole family was in the stands that day, and they cheered him on. Um, they're all dead now. Thankfully, since, you know, they didn't deserve to live because they were there oh. cheering on an injury. 
even though they weren't right. there, motherfuckers. So now there's all new ones. I listened to Mad Doll today, and he's like, uh, you know, eh, Toronto, they're, they're all nice up there. They're Canadians. I'm going to give them a little pass here. And I'm like, I, I started losing my fucking mind. This is the same. Why is Mad Dog giving a pass? This is the same fucking guy who, when he's still to this day, and he thought the Eagles were going to win the Super Bowl, but to this day, he brings up the Philly fan base and he's like, this is a team. They act like they're the best fans in the world. They boo the Eagles when they lost to the Raiders in week 17. And now uh-huh. they're now they're the best fans in the world. But did they win a Super Like he still brings up boos against the Raiders. Like they can't. Well, what did that have to do with anything? No, that game was so meaningless. That makes us bad fans in his in his eyes. What? Uh, okay. All right. I yeah. I mean, Listen, I know you don't you don't he, have the answer. He's a, a, a he's an old sick maniac at this point. But he gave he gave Toronto a pass. Gave him a pass. Yeah, you can't give them a pass. No. They 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 openly cheered for a guy who may have had a career-ending injury or just career-limiting injury at this point. If he tore his Achilles, oh my God. They were cheering cheering so loud that players on both teams are telling them to quiet down, shut the fuck up. I mean, listen. That was embarrassing. It was. For them. I mean, yeah, all right. It's going to make your chances better. Or maybe it didn't. Um, But I... I, I, Do I, I... I've, I've, I will say this. I probably will have never, have never, um, will never root for a Golden State team any harder than I will in, over the next two games because <laughs> I would really love to see Golden State win the series now. Now, just yeah, for that. It, it's yeah, it's a tough one because I was kind of pulling for Toronto. I want my uh, my Villanova alumni, Kevin Kyle Lowry, uh, Kyle win, Lowry, yeah. yeah, to win, but um, I don't know, man. It's it just, it's just fucked up. It, it, everyone is fucked up. All fans are fucked up, and you know why we cornered the market on it somehow just, just drives me insane. It's because we hit Santa Claus. That's why. Yeah, that was brought that's, up. I saw honestly, that, I saw that's that the origin. Yesterday. Yeah, we're we're the origin story for all evil fandom, Philadelphia, and it goes back to a snowball hitting. Fucking Santa, who's not even fucking real. It's just ridiculous. Man. No, I I haven't heard shit about the ball. The, the announcers on the on the on the in the Stanley Cup, they were talking about like, hey Boston, like, hey stop throwing things on the ice. Like it was, it was significant what was being thrown on the ice. And then you got the videos <laughs> yes, later of the fans, and it's like, and again, it's just barely, it's barely a thought. Well, we've seen these, you know, these, these guys, first of all, boss, I, I feel like it's like a bunch of punks and murderers and thieves in, in that fan base. Like, yes. I know I'm not trying to generalize and say it's all Boston fans. I, I get it. You can't, we shouldn't be doing that to any fan base. But I think if it's going to be leveled that way at Philadelphia, guess what? Yeah. Then Boston gets the same treatment. So does New York. So does LA. So does Chicago. I don't care where you're talking about. Dallas. All the fa- All fans sure. are the same. They're like uh, New York and Boston. They're like all our, our Australia, all our convicts sent there. You know, they they all <laughs> yes. have they, they have a fucking speech impediment. They can't even speak fucking English, and everyone just thinks it's endearing. Pack your car. What the fuck? Ch- chowder. Have they, some uh, Manhattan clam chowder. They, they, 
they've won. They're they almost they're almost having a monopoly on sports championships, and they're still throwing things on ice. There's nothing annoying about when someone instead of saying ball, someone says bull. Oh, yeah. I threw him the bull. Yeah, and and by the way, nothing Philly, annoying about that. Yeah, and that's where your that's where your Philly spokesman Angela Cataldi's from. He still has that I fucking know. accent. And and what about the other one from his show, Morgani? Isn't he a Boston guy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Morgani's a Boston guy. Yeah, their their mascot dog was named Fenway. Uh, remember? <laughs> I don't remember, but that's great. That's great trivia. They had some- yeah, I mean, all, a lot of these guys. Remember Jody Mack? He was like a Dallas fan. You know, it, it, these, radio, these radio guys, and it's funny, you listen to Howard Stern talk about this, about how, how pompous these guys are, because, you know, it, it is, again, they get ratings. That, that's, that's not easy to do. Like, you have to have a shtick, and you have to make it work. But... Like Jody Mack, you remember he used to say like uh, he would have the do me a favor segment? Yes. So you would call up and you have to ask Jody Mack, Jody, do me a favor. I actually heard this fucking prick hang up on people <laughs> because they forgot to give him the first line like like it's Jeopardy, like in the form of a question saying, hey, Jody Mack, right. do me a favor. They forgot. You just asked me to do me a favor. And he would hang up on them. I mean, what the fuck is like going on? It was on? like a world famous segment. <laughs> That you, God forbid. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Bit. Uh, <laughs> Talk about ego, man. Oh, man. This is a guy who probably for about 70% of his career was working like an overnight shift. Yeah. Like, like middle of the night. Yeah. Talking sports to, you know, literally just the dregs of society, I would say. <laughs> I just, it's, 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 it's hilarious at this point. God, do we sound like pompous assholes? I mean, are, are we coming across wrong? Do you I think? mean, probably. I mean, uh, you know, there's, I don't know. There has to be somebody that thinks like us. I guess so. I think there there are some, but we don't know many of them. Because <laughs> I feel like a lot of people that we talk to, um, acquaintances and whatnot, they don't feel the way that we do. Not not all of them. Maybe, maybe we'll start converting people. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll realize that, hey... Our quarterback is good. We should sign him. And, uh, hey, I understand if my shortstop doesn't run out every ground out. Right. He does. Not everyone has to have hustle. It's yeah. not the only thing that we look for Yeah. in, a, in our athletes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the, that, that was a lot of the knock against McNabb that I would hear is, um, you know, he's just not Philly. You know, he doesn't get it. Uh you know that that wasn't the problem. I'll tell <laughs> Honestly, you, that that wasn't the problem. No, uh, I'll tell you what. This generation of, of of athlete in the city, they're really savvy. They're really smart. Chris Long like came like like killed Toronto yeah. last night, and yes, you know somebody brought up like you know Philly fans to him, and he's like, yeah, come on. He's like he brushed that aside because he knows. Um, right. And, but these guys are savvy and they're smart. And when said the same thing, you know, I, I'm a Philadelphia guy or he said something along those lines or, you know, and it's smart to do. I mean, yeah, I like it too. I like when they say that, but well, sure. it doesn't, it doesn't matter now. I like when I, when I'm looking at Jimmy Butler, I have to say, you know, this guy were chanting and chanting his name throughout the playoffs 
in my mind, you're insane to leave that and go to the Clippers or, you know, who knows where. Yeah. Like, th- there's something great about playing for this fan base. There's no denying that. There, no, no, and, I, I, I don't know if that's you, but Angela not everyone, But not a, I, I just don't think that, you know, sometimes it just doesn't stick for some of these guys. You know, they, they're, they're not into it as much. Do you know, I was, do you remember Mike Schmidt? Um, he said something about the fans. And he's you know, an asshole. He was quoted the next day and he came out the following game and he had like a wig. He came at the third base and like this long wig, like a disguise. Yes. And yeah. I was actually at that game. When the, oh, where are you really? He came out with the wig. And um, you know what? And I, and I, that was really smart. And yeah, especially back then, everyone was super uptight about, you know, about him because he made it look so easy or whatever. But, you know, and I think he's rightly been embraced now as the greatest third baseman ever, you know, the greatest yes. on the Phillies. So, you know, but, I, you know, I, we have to be past that. That's the fucking 70s. I mean, we have to we have to grow up in this town. Time to move on. Right. Well, uh, you know, then imagine how long we're going to hang on to our McNabb hate. Just it's going to go on forever. Do you ha- Un- until do you hate him? He... No, no, I don't hate McNabb. I mean, I McNabb kind of was what he was. I I had a lot of fun watching McNabb play. Um, I also had a lot of you know experienced a lot of frustration, <laughs> as every other Eagles fan did, watching him fail. You know, postseason after postseason. Um, so I don't hate him. I his, I think he's a dummy to some extent. Like he's he's a he's a dumb smart guy, because I do think there's intelligence there. I think to be a quarterback you have to be intelligent. Um, sure. But he's he's not like what do they say? He's he's not emotionally intelligent. He ah. doesn't know how to deal with doesn't know how to deal with people. No. He doesn't no. know how to you know he doesn't know how to um, he he phrases things the wrong way. He he. I don't think he's always trying to come across as an asshole, but he comes across as an asshole. Well, yeah, and you are so right because if you know if my podcast partner was T.O. after my podcast partner was Todd Pinkston, I would let my <laughs> my my new podcast partner say whatever the fuck he wanted because all right, I'm throwing it to a guy that can catch the ball, that could score, makes me look better. Uh, yeah. But, uh, I'm not what gonna, was T.O., the number two wide receiver in the league? The number one wide receiver in the league at that point? The top yeah, three? Absolutely. Him and Randy Moss and, I, you know. I, I mean, he's the reason on, I, a, on, a, on a fucked up leg that they were even competitive in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yes. He had, a, he, uh, he had an all-time game. And, you know. and make, high level. Right. And McNabb kind of pushed out in that whole, you know, fight. He should have had his back. And just kind of how he's. He's pushed out lately with the Carson Wentz talk, or he's kind of backtracked, or who knows what he's saying. I mean, you're you're, you're just making it worse. No, you know, there was only thirty only thirty dudes booed you on draft day. I, I don't think I've ever booed. I ever booed McNabb, honestly. Um, no, I never booed McNabb. I, I loved McNabb. I was, when I was, he was our quarterback. Do you remember when uh, before an, before a game starts, they they do that music and it's like and NFL starts and it's like yeah. this is a mm-hmm. NFL production or something. And yeah. he was at one point, he was the last image you saw, like him, you know, scrambling or something. And I was so proud of that. Right. I was like, awesome, that's my guy there. He's the face of the NFL. Like and and I'm not even gonna I can't even give him full blame for the the playoff losses. I'm that's that's on Reed. 
Uh, oh, totally. And the defense to some extent. Yeah. You know, I mean, the defense, it's not like the defense ever held up. It, you know, I think it was it was a shared blame. It's just that the quarterback always takes the, yeah, the heat. Yeah, of course. I mean, he wasn't yeah. the most accurate quarterback. I mean, we've all joked about how many balls he's thrown into the ground. But he oh, all, he all, his performance against the Cardinals, man, like he played well, but then he didn't play well. Yeah. You know, he's, he also God, he just faltered. He didn't throw interceptions, although no. in the Super Bowl he had three. Um, but, he also didn't throw completions. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, you know, but uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. He's he's making it worse on himself. Like I, I think if we just kind of kept quiet, we, you know, it would be better for him. But but when I hear guys, you know, on again, my God, why am I? I should just consider the source. But when I when I hear fans on on sports radio talking about, well, you know, Randall was a better quarterback. Than McNabb. I mean, yeah, you know, I loved Randall too, um, and certainly he had a lot of amazing plays, and he was an amazing athlete, and I loved watching him. He wasn't a better quarterback than McNabb, and he didn't have more success no. than McNabb. You know, you got to give McNabb his his credit. Well, and to date, besides not winning a Super Bowl, he's still the best quarterback they've had yet as so far. Sure. Do you now is he a Hall of Famer? By stats, no, 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 no. Not my eyes. I I mean, I don't think so either. But it, it probably should be a closer discussion. Or you yeah, know. it shouldn't. You're right. I mean, he. You know, I don't know how many wins he has. He probably has a hundred plus wins. Um, he was basically, you know, the quarterback of one of the best teams in the league. Just wins, wins, wins wise. Um. So I don't. You know, and 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 he had a lot of shit too. You know, he had a lot of nobodies around him. He did. He did. He had complete shit um, for a long time. Uh, look, and I mean, he also had uh, he also had Westbrook. You know, he he had some he had some successful uh, performers around him. But yeah, I mean, my God, who were on average? He usually didn't have a receiver to throw to. No. No. I guess he had tight ends. I I, I don't know. Ch- Chad Lewis. Yeah, Chad Lewis. Yeah, like even when you look at, um, I guess it's uh, NFL 100, I think is the website. Donovan McNabb, you know, when they're talking about um, ranking, ranking quarterbacks, he's ranked number 24th in the category of fun to watch. And he's there with like Steve McNair, Russell Wilson. Wow, they don't even have Russell Wilson in the category of... Uh, Hall of Fame yet. How, how's that possible? Really? Yeah. How's that possible? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe this... Uh, I'm not going to give out this website. It doesn't seem to be reputable. Um, But, yeah, I, how the hell did we get off on McNabb? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'll say this. I, um, I blame Reed more. Yes. And I think that the McNabb antics and, and some of the nonsense, like it was very indicative of the Andy Reid era where they won a lot of football games and they're competitive all the time. But there was always some, you know, off field bullshit going on, some scandal nonsense, um, somebody doing something stupid, whether it was Mike Mamola or some other asshole. Mm-hmm. Like, there was always some stupid shit going on. And I think that was really just reflective of Reed at that time. And I, I, I don't know. 
I don't know if it was a lack of respect, and I, I just felt like that was the Eagles. There was always drama. I don't know. I think Reed, Reed, on some level, really likes that fuck up, that redemption story, or that you know that that a guy that's on the edge of of society, you know, beating women or whatever. Well, what did Mamula do? Did he shake his dick at somebody or something? I forget. Yeah, he exposed uh... himself at a at a bar. That's what now was. he was a he was a Ray Rhodes guy. Was he Ray Rhodes? Yeah. yeah, I couldn't remember how far back he went. Okay. Uh, all right, so that's a bad callback on me. But um, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, w- w- for whatever reason, we started talking about McNabb, and all I can say is uh, I I still appreciate the guy. I don't I don't hate him. I get why people are annoyed by him though. I'm looking. I'm certainly looking forward to Carson overpassing him in every statistical category, and playoff wins and team wins. Oh God, I hope so. Otherwise, you're going to be hearing McNabb crow forever. Like, like Wentz better, better surpass him, because we're going to have to listen to Donnie Mac for a long time. Yeah. Now, I mean, you know, we've we've said this before, or at least I have. Um, you know, last year was was definitely. I was I was being very patient last year um this year coming up yeah this is uh what am i looking at 12 wins what did i say i'm i'm ready for i'm ready for a lot of wins here and uh uh, i i won't i mean carson is still young enough where i guess he can make mistakes He, he he still makes those um sometimes he forces the ball a little bit he's not he's not completely 100 percent on throwing the ball out of bounds or just letting a play go. But then again, that's part of his charm. It is. It is. Yeah, this has to be a good season for him, man. You know, I, I think it's going to be, but we we can't have another season like last year. I, you know, we're, that, that'll be disastrous. Yeah, we could be setting ourselves up for, you know, we're going to look really bad when he's, if he's horrible this year, and you know, or gets hurt again. <laughs> And then like, oh yeah, see, he does get hurt all the time. But uh, I don't know. I'm just so I'm so blinded we by could that guy. Be wrong. I was, we, you know, I was blinded by that guy in in mid October of 2017. I was like, this guy is the real deal before he had done shit. So, you know, I'm well, I'm still down with this guy. Let me ask you something. I I I don't know if I've ever heard this conversation before. Um, what is this bullshit about injury prone? Like, are there really people that are more likely to get injured? Like, what would make him? He looks like he's a healthy, yeah, you know, strong athlete. I'm sure he takes care of himself. He works out the way he should. Good regimen. What does that mean? He's more likely to get hurt. Like, just a prior injury that won't go away? Yeah, I think you get that label once you have a, a big injury. And then if you have yeah. the, any second one. I mean, like Eli Manning, I think, has never really been injured. I mean, so I guess he's not injury prone. I mean, he's, but he's not a scrambler. Yeah, and he's, he's not, not a scrambling quarterback. And he's he's not a physical specimen by any means. So no, he's um, not mobile. I mean, he gets sacked. You know, people are looking at Durant like, oh, he got injured because he came back too soon last night, or he, you know, they played him too much in the first quarter. Like, who? Like, you just get injured. You play sports, you're going to get hurt. Well, he was injured already. Like, I think that there's credence to that argument that he was probably only 75, 80%. And he, 
you know, he wasn't his leg wasn't as strong as it probably needed to be, but it was enough for him to play. And you probably are at greater risk of injury. I mean, I don't think that you don't have to be a brain surgeon to figure that out. If you're already injured, your your chances of injuring yourself worse or higher than the guy who's fully healthy. But anybody could come down the wrong way and yeah. and tear an Achilles or, or whatever. It's almost amazing it doesn't happen more often in basketball with everyone just jumping and then I know. landing on someone's foot. Yeah, landing on feet. I would think that, you know, God, you'd be breaking, breaking ankles left and right at least. You know, uh, Hayden's um, on the DL right now, actually. What happened? Um, so he's, his knee's been bothering bothering him for the past six months or so. And the other day at practice, so he's having like preseason practices, and it's just about once a week. So it's it's on ice for an hour, and then it's off ice for an hour. And yeah, on the off ice, he just couldn't run. Um, it was his one knee bothering him, and it was. Um, so I went to went to orthopedist, and basically it was he's not uh, he's not loose enough. Like his his legs, like his hamstrings, are not as loose as they should be. So it's kind of like contracting his leg and then it's forcing like his kneecap to instead of glide smoothly into like his femur. It's, it's kind of what the fuck it, it's yeah. So like his hamstring is affecting that and then he's favoring it. And so the doctor said to us, he's like, well, here's the deal on it. There's nothing structurally wrong. He, he kind of did some exercises with him. He's like, all right, his leg and his knee are strong. Um, but he does, he's experiencing this pain, and I know why. Like, his one leg, he stretched, like, all the way straight up to the ceiling. The bad leg, he could barely straighten it at all. And so the doctor said, he's like, if if it was middle of the season or if he was trying out for a team, I would say he could play. It won't be the end of the world. But if you kind of stay off it for a month, do some stress, stretching exercises, you'll be good to go. After a month, for the most part, you should be completely loose. Okay. So, you, you know, there's, I guess, back to the point of, yeah, you're going to be susceptible to that injury when you have a minor injury. It's going to, you're just going to favor it naturally and then put more pressure on other parts of your body. Of course. Now, with Hayden being sidelined like that, is he going to get bored like Tony Soprano did when he had to? kind of you know stop hanging out at uh, the bada bing and he had to spend more time at Barone sanitation he you know setting up the the basketball pool for everyone or whatever it was the football pool is that what Hayden's gonna be doing around the house Fuck. he's setting up pools and he's getting yeah. bored scratching his arm with a ruler I mean you know buying um, banging the hot secretary <laughs> do you have any maids to come in the house that he might be t- take a run at he's like uh He's like, uh, you know, Barone, I'm, I am working on this NCAA pool. Like, he's got the roller out. He's making a block He's pool. like, I'm kind of busy. <laughs> kind of busy with this. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Oh, that's all right. Well, I already explained that you're you're on your deathbed. People understand. Yeah. The final days Great of trans- uh, Jeff G. Great transition, Johnny Cakes. Into our Sopranos yeah. recap. Yeah, um, are we going to be able to get to it here? We're about an hour and seven minutes in. Oh, wow. We have to, don't yeah. we? Uh, sure, okay. The fans, demand, the fans demand it. Well, okay. Well, then let's do it. All right. Let's jump in. Season two, episode one, Sopranos. We're back in the watch. Um, this one's titled, Guy Walks Into a Psychiatrist's Office. That old joke. Um, yeah. 
written by Jason Cahill, director Alan Coulter, and edited by Sidney Walensky. And I think this is very important because this the opening scene of this of this episode is it, 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 it's tremendous the the editing the intercutting of what has happened in the off season what everyone's doing yes uh, and then you know it's Frank Sinatra a very good year it, it's it was just it's it was just fabulous that was definitely the first time I had ever heard that song. You know, the first time I saw this episode, that was the first time I'd ever heard that song by Sinatra, believe it or not. <laughs> nope. I, didn't, I didn't know that up until that point. You're kidding. No, I'm serious. I mean, I knew a lot of Sinatra songs and not that one. Wow. It just wasn't in my playlist. Yeah. Wow, I'm, I'm surprised. That was my that's first exposure. Yeah, that song I, I would think is kind of played out. You didn't listen to Friday with Frank, Sunday with Sinatra? Uh, honestly, not until... Not really until uh, I was... Um, Dating your sister, <laughs> to be, to be honest, <laughs> perfectly <laughs> frank with you. I wasn't listening to it up until that point. Oh, all right. Yeah, that was... Uh, yeah, so... Yeah, this song was a staple. Yeah, you, I heard it all the time. So... Um, yeah, it's a great one. So go on. So, great opening scene. We're seeing, like, it's a test. It's like in, I don't know, is it SATs? Is it... I think so then it's like a Series 7 test. Ser- yeah, Series 7. And they're calling out the... Uh, you know, the attendees and Christopher Maltesanti and this Asian dude turns around and says here and then it, the Sinatra kicks in. And and then it's just it's uh, there's so many beautiful things we have. You know, there's Livia, just a picture of her staring at the camera. Tony's playing yeah. solitaire. Uh, Ray Curto is bringing bags of money. You see Carm. Paul. Go ahead. Paulie's banging hooahs on the pool table. I'm getting there. Yeah, you got Carmela, okay. Carmela bringing out you know a lasagna and just you know out of the oven. Uh, the FBI has their chart of you know who's in charge. You see Junior in jail. You see Melfi working out of the motel. Silvio buying some fucking nutty looking shoes and looking himself in the mirror. Uh, AJ combing his hair. Olivia doing physical therapy. And then Paulie's banging the stripper. Uh, on the pool table, um, Christopher is watching James Cagney movies. Meadow running over cones, foreshadowing. Um, yeah, Carmela again with the food. Uh, Tony, Tony fucking uh, the Russian on his boat, and then sneaking into the I, house. Yeah, has this ever worked in the history of dumb husbands, where they come home and they throw? The clothes. He throws his clothes in the washer. That's so stupid. Like, turn the washer on. Oh. Yeah, I mean, right, exactly. Like, what is he doing? Yeah, it's so dumb. Like, that's the kind of stuff that I hated. Like, they, they didn't have to make it so obvious. Um, yeah, Couldn't he have been a little bit more clever? But he also didn't care. It's like he cared, but he didn't care. Well, how many of Cataldi listeners are doing the same thing? Oh, I don't know, but I think you needed to d- display it that way for the Cataldi type of listener, so that they understood. Yeah, this is not the right he's thing. Che- right, he's cheating, and Carmela knows. Yes, right. She knows right. he comes up in bed. Um, so I mean, I haven't thought about my grade yet, but just based on this intro, A plus, like you know. I don't- for the episode, I mean, I think this episode overall did a great job of resetting everything, 
introducing some characters. You know, uh, we got we got got to hear Tony's first. She's dead to me. I think was in this episode about his mother. Um, yes. Or you know maybe he said at the end of the last season, but so many great things. And I think two key things I'll mention them right now is you have that that famous shot. So credit to Alan Coulter, you have that famous shot where Tony leaves the diner and the camera kind of swoops in, you know, right up to his face with the diner yeah. behind them. I mean, this is pure Jersey, pure Sopranos. If you see like a, like a kind of remind me of Goodfellas type shot. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Um, but you've seen this shot a million times just when, you know, when Gandolfini died, I'm sure you saw this shot in like, you know, the video highlights of his career. Um, yeah. And then the other great shot is the first scene, the first real scene. Tony's walking down to get his newspaper and you're on him. And then the camera wheels around as he starts backing up and you see this, you know, Monte Carlo, a scary black Monte Carlo. Who's in this car? I just love the way that camera wheeled around to behind him. To, yeah, you it was know, great. Uh, like uh, that's just that's just be- I don't know what you call that that camera work, but it was just awesome. Well, it was great, and it was kind of that he had he had gone too far down the driveway. Like he he was done. If there was actually somebody there for a hit, he was already exposed at that point. And it was you kind of got that feeling like holy shit, is somebody in the car about to take him out or to attempt it? Um, you know, and you know, clearly not. If we want to, you know, spoiler alert. If we want to fast forward to the this, you know, the series finale, you know, um. Not just Meadow driving over cones, but every almost every season started with Tony walking down his driveway, and you know, yes. and it was always he's always completely exposed. He's in a bathrobe and slippers, like he's not yeah. he's not ready to run away. He can't run from the feds. He can't run from a hitman. And in this case, I don't know what what running up those yeah, like you said, running up that driveway away from an assassin right there is not going to do any good. Like he's still going to be dead. Uh, he was done and he's he's always been exposed in this way throughout the show yeah well paranoia was never his thing you know he was not a paranoid leader you know how i guess some mob bosses or some leaders they get paranoid and overboard with that shit i i will say i think i kind of appreciated that about his character he was not a paranoid leader he didn't just unnecessarily kill people because he was afraid that you know someday they might come back to haunt him yeah yeah that's true i mean he did he, he wasn't afraid he did use a lot of pay phones like there was oh well yeah no but i just mean i think i'm thinking more in terms of um that the, you know what the guy you got to think about uh what's his name jimmy conway um he, you know killing everybody that he did a heist with and and goodfellas yeah you know, just because he was afraid they're going to rat him out. Like, you know, Tony wasn't like that. I mean, obviously, if he found out, if he suspected somebody was a rat, then they're done. But he didn't walk around suspecting everyone. And that just wasn't his style. And so, yeah, he was very comfortable just walking down his driveway <laughs> to get the paper. Like, never once thinking somebody might be there to take a shot at him. Yeah, it's true. You know, now that you say it, I wonder why he was so... so free or calm about it or it's kind of his bravado maybe you know yeah i maybe that you know he's always been just kind of a big tough guy so he can't really fuck with them physically really and uh, yeah. and then you're you know you've you've 
you will you you completely manipulated your uncle in the jail and are running the show. So yeah, I guess he's uh he feels like he could do, do no wrong other than yeah. cheat on his wife. He's really bad at that. Yeah. I mean he 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 gets the cheating done, but he's not good at pulling it off, you know, so that she doesn't suspect. He's really bad at it. Yes. And it just gets worse and worse right. all the time. Um all right. So so pussy pops out of the car. Yeah, pussy pops out of the car, and, and uh, you know, they kind of circled each other, which was another good kind of blocking of the scene, how they kind of were, like, circling, and, and uh, you know, do I got your word? I, I walk at your house, and I walk out, oh, you know. Um, oh, shut up, pussy. Right. Pussy's such a dumbass. No way. And then he's, so he went to, his story is he went to Puerto Rico with, you know, and there was an acupuncturist, and he was fucking her, and for some reason that meant he couldn't reach out. And they put, and he kind of blames it on Tony. Like I knew you wouldn't, you know, I couldn't come to you for this. You would have, you know, I couldn't trust you not to kill me. Um, so yeah. can I ask you something? Yeah. So this this hot younger acupuncturist <laughs> is is into this big fat unibrow, you know, brillo brillo haired moron um, that probably you know is mouth breathing um you know i mean he, he wasn't in very good shape pussy how is this a believable story really i mean if he said i started paying this acupuncturist to fuck me right then right that's another story but we know he needed money because he even brought up that like his you know his kids are in college he has to earn again and all this shit villanova shout out yeah. um so you know <laughs> yeah i mean I, listen well <laughs> I don't want to get all me tooy on everybody, but there's always going to be there's always going to be a chick that fucks the guy with power or fucks the guy with money, whether she likes him or not. And yeah, okay, so then that could be there, I get that. there could be a little bit of that. I guess so. All right. Yeah, I'm not going to get hung up on that. I just I wouldn't if I were Tony, I wouldn't believe this guy from, you know, no. to get. But, okay. um, and, you know, I guess he did go down there because later in the episode, he asked Paulie. You know, Paul, he's like the the story checks out. So he was in Puerto Rico, at least for enough appearances to prove it out. Oh, sure. Yeah, they had to build that. That's why he was gone. And they had to build some story. Back to your point. I don't know if a Puerto Rican acupuncturist is like impressed with a mob guy from Jersey enough to just want to fuck him for the fuck of it. But yeah, I don't know. They should have checked out that story. <laughs> Who was this chick? Right. Um, but. So uh, that guy, I forget his name, the guy who dies on the crapper, spoiler alert, he... Uh, oh, Gigi. Gigi, thank you. He um, yeah. He gets dropped off the airport. Uh, a nice little Paulie Walnuts line. Of, oh. Uh, what did he say about his suitcase? Something about don't fuck, yeah, don't up, fuck my up my new suitcase. I just bought it or something. It's his, it's his favorite bag. Uh, and I just love the whole sequence of he gets dropped off. He literally just like lights up. He, and and then seconds later, yeah, uh, Philly pulls up. Philly Parisi pulls up. It's so hilarious, man. Yeah, in Newark traffic. Yeah, I'm sure that was that's really going to happen. He's not going to be waiting there for an hour perfect. and a half. Uh, exactly. Apparently, it, this was like a little uh, little nod to to Godfather because uh, Philly's wife tells him, "Don't forget the pastries," and then he gets shot in the front seat, um, like Paulie. In Godfather. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's good. Good callback. Um, 
you know, that's it now. He's like, you know, he's, he's telling tales about Tony and his mom and, you know, uh, Gigi's like, maybe he should be saying this shit or whatever and calls him a big mouth fuck and kills him. Um, this is, then we get to Tony at the payphone. It's done. I love these folks. It's done. And then he just hangs up. Then he calls Mel- right. Melfi, tells her it's safe to go back. Um, then you have Christopher sleeping at the, uh, what is that? A stock? What is it? What would you call that? You, you used to have that job, right? Is that a st- no? I was I was an options trader, but those guys they're like uh, upstairs brokers. Um, so they're basically just trying to rope in, you know, investors, just like your average citizen to, and they they cold call you. Okay. And they try to talk you into buying, you know, shares of the Wapistics, right? right? Yeah, this is <laughs> just like right. fake pump and dump company. This is Jordan Belfort stuff. Exactly. Okay. You know, they just want you to drive up the price, and then they sell all their shares to you uh, at the top price. So Christopher's in there sleeping, and uh, Adrian comes in there, and she does an EF Hutton commercial. Uh, <laughs> yeah, God, that's reference. old. I'm that, listening. That works. Yeah. That works for us. I do like that she said down the shore. Like if you want to, you know, you can leave if you want to and go down yeah. the shore. So people around the country don't understand down the shore. I had a, a friend from college from Arizona. He was like always made fun of me when I said that. He, the, he couldn't – comp- Such a Jersey thing. Yeah, he could not comprehend down the shore. It's, it just didn't make any sense to him. Um, That's funny. Yeah. Um, so Webistics, yeah, and then they throw coffee in a guy. It's not selling it and uh, – the two, uh, like, what's his name? Two times they dump coffee on him. Right. <laughs> I think he gets dumped on his lap and then splashed in his face. This, yeah, this is after, I guess, Christopher leaves for the day and then they those two dummies you know, do some stupid shit. Um, yeah, well, and that's the one guy is C yes. from A Bronx Tale who's just as poor of an actor today or or back then as he was a C in a Bronx tale but I will say I liked him in the Sopranos. I didn't like him as much in Bronx tale, I got to be honest with you. But I liked him in Sopranos. Yeah, Bronx tale looked like it was his, like his first movie. I don't think he was awful in oh, yeah, Bronx tale. Sure. Um I don't I mind him here. I mean this kid, is, I guess. Again, this is you know, this is a dumb guy. I mean I I Oh, those two played the the dipshit, you know, low level thug perfectly. Yeah, they were perfect. Yeah, I think this is our our big argument with the Sopranos is that you you expect more from from these actors, and I think that these actors are kind of perfect because there's not a lot of nuance to the dumbasses they're portraying. No, no, I guess it's just sometimes the way they deliver their lines. Like like I always bring up the Wire, or Breaking Bad, like the the secondary characters. They were all still good actors. Game of Thrones, they were all still good sure. actors. You know, Sopranos, they didn't do that. And I guess maybe it was, I don't know, maybe they weren't spending enough money on, on the side characters. I don't know. Perhaps. And a guy like, a guy that, uh, the guy that played Pussy, um, oh God, what the hell is his name? Jesus Christ. Uh, Vincent uh, Pastore, yes, right? Yeah. He, you know, he's been around for a long time, so I understand why he got the role but he wasn't a great actor either. You know, he 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 wasn't a Michael Imperioli or Dominic Chianese or James Gandolfini. Like, he was, my God, he was maybe a hair better than Stephen Van Zandt. There's, yeah. There, Silvio. There, there, yeah, that's true. There's more, 
the the difference is more striking with the main cast when you go from Pussy to to Christopher. Yeah, I mean. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's even Tony Sirico. I thought Tony Sirico was fantastic. I agree. Uh, I I really agree. I mean, I mean, you know, Goodfellas is on a, a lot on a lot lately, and uh, he is you know he's basically the same person. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's yeah, I think he's great too. I agree. He's great. I mean, for a guy that like I I don't think he he wasn't in a ton of he didn't have a ton of roles right in movies over the years. Or TV? Uh, no, I mean, I you know, I would be interested to see Sirico play like a puss. I'd like to see him play the passenger shaming passenger, you know, yeah. calling the flight attendant because he couldn't handle the business on his own. Now, then, then yeah, we'd I be don't like, think he right. could do that. Well, then, then we could see his his range. Yeah, he he wouldn't do it. I guess is probably more the point. Yeah, that, I don't think he would do it. That's probably more true. Absolutely. I mean, that's a guy that spent real time in prison. You know, Tony Sirico. You know, then again, he he it was crying on the show about, you know, like his mom and like, you know, his, his cancer. And, you know, he did. Yeah. You know, that's not the. Sh- he, he had range. You know, there's certain men who will never cry about anything or allow anyone to see it. So. Well, yeah, like I don't think Silvio cried. I don't think you're going to catch Silvio Dante crying in front of anyone. Silvio is is really the tough cast. Like. Like Jackie Jr., that actor, like he should have played oh, Sylvia. God. Are you, yeah. Are you happy with, um, with with Van Zant in that role? No, well, no, but I mean, I got used to it. You know, he just was what he was. I I don't think he's a very good actor either, but I still think he was better than Vincent Pastore. Yeah. Or Pastore, however you say. It. Like I think he was the worst of the main characters i yeah um big pussy right and i think your point of why tony will believe this for a second because we can't even believe as as an actor or any (laughs) you know anything it's just yeah it's pretty insane he was yeah so i'm sorry i kind of took us off on a tangent there but uh we were talking about the thugs and um you know christopher i guess he leaves so he leaves to go to the shore and then those two punk asses assault you know they 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 beat the shit out of that broker yeah and get christopher in trouble so yeah so then they then they go to they're at the bing and uh everyone's there and and they're telling pussy that they made his pickups for him and and uh you know and then tony gets a call that one janice is in town and uh he says i'll be five grand lighter before she rain dances back to the commune great line (laughs) And um, yes. and then he hears that uh, Chip and Dale uh, sent a sent a worker to the ER. Right. And uh, Chip and Dale. And then Paul he tells uh, Tony that Pussy's story checks out. Um, yes. So now we're at at uh, the Soprano house, and uh, Janice is there in the kitchen. And then Tony comes down, and you know they say hello, and her name is uh, Parvati now, and. Uh, and uh, he's, you know, she starts talking about. I guess she's on on uh, on uh, unemployment leave or whatever because she has Epstein Bar and carpal tunnel and, you know, from the Starbucks machine, the coffee machine, and, uh, and she's a mess, right? And and Janice and I think Seppenwall brought this up where, you know, it's funny. I never really considered this before until I read this chapter, but 
Janice is absolutely a stand-in for Livia. Like, I never even... I don't know why it never clicked for me before. Well, it's funny that you say that because um, I find that they both embody Livia's traits at times. And and I think when we get into episode two next week, we're not going to do that this week. When we get into episode two of season two next week, I know I rewatched it. You, you haven't gotten to it yet. There is a lot of behavior that Tony exhibits that is very much like his mother. And and where he's he's playing that game with Janice. Yeah. And yeah, but you're right. She she was very much like the mother and a, ma- a manipulator. Um, but I think that's probably also like the father though too, right? Wasn't the father kind of a an operator and well, kind of using people and I I I I'm, I think that too that I think um, Nancy Marchand was sick when she was cast. Like they knew she either had cancer or just something. And yeah. I'm guessing that Chase set up season two to be like, okay, let me have, you know, it's all about the mother for him. And since he already cast Nancy, he's like, all right, I can make this Janice character more motherly. And I kind of, I'm on board with that. That makes a lot of sense to me. And like, and I think what really crystallizes it initially is Tony comes down and he's about to kiss Carmela. And Janice says, Oh, what time did you get in? I didn't even hear you come in. Like, we all know that he was out fucking. And, right. you know, Parvati knows it too. Carmela knows it. Carmela doesn't let him kiss her. And so that's a that's a total Livia thing to say. Ah, these Sopranos kids, they throw each other under the bus. Oh, yeah. Left and right. Yeah. They, you know, and they learn from the best. They cut right to the core. They do not they don't pull any bunches. Whatever you're... Oh, Larry, Larry boy, you still have seen your, <laughs> your girlfriends? <laughs> Uh, so, uh, there, there's some, there's a funny line about grunge pants, Tony and, and, uh, you yeah. know, he's breaking her balls and, and, um, you know, he goes outside and has a cigarette with her and then he kind of gets to the, the point of what is she there for? Um, you know, Janice is going to, wants to take Ma back to Seattle, which, you know, again, no one's going to believe that. Um, <laughs> You know, hilarious prospect. Right. And they have their, you know, they have their basically the conversation. He's like, hey, you know, I'm glad to see you look you do look good. And and, uh, you know, she asks what's up with mom. And that's when he gives her his, she's dead to me. Um, and he's like, yeah, you know, I'll help you out. You could take care of it, do whatever you want. And he gives her like, you know, a thousand bucks and for her to fix the car and, and do whatever she wants. And an interesting part at the end of the scene, you know, Tony's by himself for a second. He's looking in the pool. And, uh, you know, there's no ducks in the pool, but there's just an automatic vacuum going around. And uh, to me, that meant, yeah, there's no more ducks and there's no more mother and there's no more. He's like, you know, just kind of lost. That's how I took that. Yeah. And he knows he's going to get fucked, too. Like, he knows. You know, he knows what Janice is up to. Like, yeah, know. I wonder, is Janice, is the vacuum supposed to be Janice because she just sucks <laughs> sucks the life out of everybody yeah probably that's um, probably perfect you know i wonder wonder if that was the corollary there i like that i i yeah let, if, let's say it was i like i think that's perfect all right um so then he uh then he sees christopher at the bing and i like this he's like what do you think you got your license for your resume like you know <laughs> you gotta sit in that office and then a perfect another great tony moment where he tells somebody he tells christopher you have to start exercising impulse control. 
Some, oh my god! Something this character has never done his whole life. Uh, it's just, it's just. <laughs> He's always doing that, though. Oh, He's a lecturer it's, of others. It's so beautiful. It's just, it's. It, without a sense of irony, he's saying this. As he's no, he's, he's so delusional. I know he's the authority on impulse control. Right. Um, well, it's the same way he would pass on the um, the advice that Melfi would give to him, you know, to his mother. Like a lot of that advice was meant for him, but he turns it around on others. Yeah. And he would always quote Melfi to others. Yes. Uh, yeah, he's just so distorted. That's why he's, Tony was so perfect. This show, um, you know, it, I, I say it all the time. It's just so great. It's still my number one. I, I even think, uh, you know, editing-wise, why I wanted to mention that guy is because I think up until only Breaking Bad has done such a phenomenal job at editing and Better, and better Call Saul, um, where you have these little vignettes of, of you know, of these scenes that are just uh, just extraordinary, the way, they, the way they put it all together. But yeah, I don't know if I can, if I'm putting Sopranos ahead of Breaking Bad or not. I don't know. I they're, they're, they're one and two. Yeah, I still am. I I still think I am. Just because you know, and and yeah, yeah. Um. What, okay. What else is so, happening here? so so uh, now Christopher like they have a barbecue. Lectures right? Chip and Dale. Yeah, yeah. Um. Oh well, first um. Oh, Meadow visits Livia. And we have a few beauties here. Um, you know, Meadows telling Livy she has to eat. She's like, to let me die. At night they hit <laughs> At night they hit us. And, yeah, at night they hit you us. You know, what's happening with your dad? Meadow asks what's happening with daddy. And she's like, I don't know. And then she gives her a ring so you won't forget me. Uh, another tour de force. I Master mean, manipulator. We just, you know, you can't say it enough how great she is. And the scenes are always just perfect. Um but she had good chemistry with the kids, though. She did. You know, it was kind of funny. You know, you really felt like she was their grandmother. Absolutely. As sick as she was. Yeah, she certainly brought the best out of Robert Eiler. Oh, she did. Uh, yeah, and that, that didn't happen very often. Uh, now we uh, smash cut. We got Tony listening to Smoke on the Water, and the CD starts skipping. He starts banging the dashboard, and then he has a panic attack and slowly crashes. Um he goes to uh, a male psychiatrist the, from the title. Guy walks into the psychiatrist's office, and and this guy yeah. at one point he says, "Mr. Spears, uh, I've seen analyze this. I'm not taking any new patients <laughs> right now." Which, That's great. Which is pretty awesome, considering you know, uh, revisionist it's pretty ballsy actually. Really, it is revisionist history. We you know what came first, analyze this or Sopranos, and it was Sopranos, but it was just funny how. You know, they they did not shy away from, you know, what was happening, what was the conversation in the real world, and I thought that was a nice little line there. That was great, and I will say, um, I think in real life, you you speak that way to a, a, a mafia boss, you're at, at a minimum you're catching a backhand. Yeah, you're gonna uh, across yeah, the teeth. You should get a smack for that. Yeah, uh, I would think so. The, that guy got off late. Yeah, I'm surprised. Or, well, who knows? Maybe Tony did. Did crack more, or make them take me as a. You have to take me as a as a client. I don't care what you say. Yeah, what are you going to yeah. do about it? Right, I'll be here next week. Um, <laughs> we uh, that, you're Paul V. What did you see? Analyze this, by the way. Yeah, I actually saw it recently. Again, did you? Yeah, you're Paul Vitti, the gangster. Oh, 
it, that, that's rude. What do I do? I say to you, oh, look, there's so-and-so to jerk off. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, my God. Jesus, don't make me laugh. Coughed up a fucking lung. Um, so now they had a party at the house for Janice, and uh, everyone's there. Carmella's uh, Kamar- mom makes fun of her name. And I'll give this uh, like a kind of Olivia quote um, when, you know, Carmela's like, well, you didn't come around all those years. You played right into Livia's hands. And then Carmela's mom says, uh, even at her, even at your wedding, she said it was a mistake for you to marry Tony. He would get bored with you, <laughs> 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 which we could perfectly, we, we could totally picture her saying it. And then she's completely, Absolutely. And she's completely correct. Yeah, she, she is. You know, this is the first episode where you see Carmela's parents. It was. They weren't in season it, one. It, it was, and I don't even know what their names are, actually. But oh, I know he's Hugh. Hugh and, I know the father is Hugh. Yeah. Uh, I forget the mom's name. It's not really important. She's, the, she's also Karen's mother in Goodfellas. Of course. I love this lady. Yeah, she's a great nag. Yes. Oh, my God. Um. Janice is talking to her sister Barbara. You know, she's talking about the price of the house and all, or, or Olivia's house and all this stuff. And uh, you know, Barbara rightfully says, "Listen, Tony took care of everything. You know, don't get involved." She knows. Yeah. she knows what Janice is up to. Janice leaves the leaves the party early to go to New York to get her video finance or something. And and oh um, my god, I never understood what no. the fuck she was doing. Yeah. And Tony, taking out the trash, sees the for sale signs in the back of her car, and he just flips the fuck out, you know, right. calls her a wretched little bucock, uh, fucking, you know, it's just going crazy, like, you can see this guy needs therapy, like, he's been lapsing, and, uh... And then Carmella has to calm him down like he's four years old. Yes. Do you notice that? Go outside, have a like, beer. Like, literally talking to him like a child. Yeah. When are you going back to therapy, she asks him, and, uh, you know, um... Right. And then you have, and then you have, uh, then he's like kind of zoning out around the grill and pussy's cooking and calls him a moron. And then pussy's like, see my wife over there. Oh, it's a St. Bernard. Like, it's so stupid. Um, uh. <laughs> I, I'm not going to give, yeah, no, 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 whatever. bad writing there. Um, yeah, not great. We, uh, we see, they talk about hacking and the. I don't know, whippistic. I don't know what they were talking about. It doesn't matter. Um, you see Chip and Dale out out at a bar with Christopher and Adriana, and they're talking about how they want to get closer to Tony, and then Adriana's mad because t- Christopher got a high and left the gas on, and you know, she's <laughs> like, I could have lit my cigarette. I could have died. And and then, uh, you know, when she, when she says, like, what did they, you know, we can talk about this. What did, They don't care you're a junkie. They're still going to kiss your ass. Then he smacks her. I mean, really... You know, I guess people are like this in real life. You're just going to smack your woman at a table. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess so. It's really fucking insane. Yeah. Um, but for sure, I mean, Jesus, those relationships exist. And and I would think very much so in that world. Yeah. I mean, there's there, that old school, you know, you can lay your hands on your woman yeah, once you, if you want, I guess. Once you give her your last name. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Not until you give her your last name, which uh, Richie tells uh, Christopher later this yeah. season. But go on. So I guess it is condoned. I mean, 
the fuck? There's a whole yeah. there's a whole undershirt called a wife beater, so it must have been a real thing. Uh, uh, <laughs> yes, that's I don't right. know how I don't know how far you and I would get with smacking our wives. Uh, I'd probably wind up with my dick cut off uh, in the middle of the night, <laughs> just like the burning bed. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't see myself getting too far. I love uh, a little tangent. My wife will, you know, occasionally when she's at work or you know out in the world, she's like, "Yeah, I real, I just, I just held my tongue and I wanted to say this and I wanted to say that." And I'm like, well, "I wish you held had this restraint when you were home with me. You have no problems telling me to fuck <laughs> myself and shut the fuck up." I'm like, right. you know, they feel very comfortable with us. Yeah, you know, she's no shrinking flower at home, but, you know, so occasionally out in the world she is. Uh, anyway. Yeah, she, she's her real self yeah. with you, and that means she's going to talk shit to you. And then, you know, it, Christopher, I love, he's like, yeah, go home and get, make my dinner. Like, that's such a... Uh, I didn't, but again, <laughs> this is a douchebag guy. Did you not like that line? Well, no, I, th- I thought it was hilarious. I think the line's great. I mean, yeah, we all know that stupid-ass guy that is... You know, uh, that they're both jealous. They're both crazy jealous with each other. They're probably both cheating on each other. You know, he's probably coming home in the middle of the night and putting a shirt into a dryer. Uh, you know, she then he's like, you know, right. she's exposing him or and then he's telling her, cook my dinner. You know, all, and then she probably does cook it. You know, it's probably yeah, it all makes it all it all rings true. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. And uh, you, you could see that that. um like that that line about he's just trying to insult her with that you know go make my dinner he's just trying to piss her off belittle her and and it works you know she gets fucking pissed yeah um but you know i think that there's a lot of couples like that i really do especially not like maybe not today but i think back then you know 20 years ago this is a thing i mean i don't yeah i don't know why i just acted so shocked about men hitting women like five minutes ago I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. Of course they do. What am I talking about? I mean, I just, I guess in the public part is the weird part. But yeah, we, we, oh, Mike. I know people like, I think I know people like this. Or Michael Corleone slapped Kay uh, a long time ago. Did he not? Well, uh, listen, I'm not debating abortion with you. We're an hour and a half in. I'm not doing that right now. I, uh, I'm not debating abortion. I'm saying he slapped her. I know. Well, That's but all. we know why he slapped her, so. Right. Uh, uh, okay. One last scene. Um, Tony kind of sneaks in on Melfi at a diner. Um, you, you know, he's like, you could save. Nobody died and everything's fine. And she's like, you know, she had a patient kill herself because she couldn't get to her. And, and because of, you know, she was working out of a diner. And, and you know, Melfi tells him, fuck you. And how many more people had to die for your personal growth? I like that line. Great line. Uh, perfect summation of this episode, this series, really. Um, their uh-huh. their total relationship from start to finish. Uh, get out of my life, which you know we know she didn't stick to, but um, you know, pretty pretty great moments here. Um, good work, obviously, acting phenomenal. Um, yeah, and how about uh, she's she's working out of a motel. Yes, and they're coming to see her at the motel. I thought that was it was funny. That w- it was comical. One of the one of the one of the patients was Terrence Terrence Winter, and I think he's the one that said, "Oh, you know, I have a, I have another. My old doctor worked out of his home." She's like, "Yeah, it doesn't work for me." Yeah, it's not convenient for me. Sorry, buddy. I, the mob the mob won't kill me here. This... <laughs> that's right. Um, um, then you have that. And that's that, the I, end of the episode, right? Well, you have that iconic diner shot, like I said, when he walks outside and the close up to him. 
Uh, yeah. And then he goes home middle of the day, and this is you know this is this is Adriana. This is Carm. Carm knows this dude's cheating on her, but she's kind of like, all right, cool to see him in the middle of the day, and right away cooks him up some food, and then uh, you know she starts kind of leaving. He's like, oh no, sit with me, and he like kind of commands her to sit with him or sit down, and and she does, and then she's kind of looking through to the mail, and and then that's it. Time is on my side. That's it. Closes out the show. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this is just the the day to day, these crazy relationships, and it just repeats itself over and over. So dysfunctional. Oh my god! So many of the relationships. I mean the the marriage relationships, the boyfriend girlfriend relationships, the friendships, the brother sister. Like there's there's just dysfunction everywhere. Yeah. Um. It's just permeated. What what do you have? What do you have a grade here for? What's your grade? Oh, I mean, it's not an A+, plus, um, but I gave the episode, I would give the episode an A. You know, an A-plus to me is, or A-plus, or A-plus-plus, plus, whatever your highest one is. That's, you know, that's the apex. I, I wouldn't call this that, um, but it's a it's a great episode. It, it introduces new characters. You know, you get Janice, who, you know, is very important, oh my God. particularly in this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, you, I guess really it's just... Um, bringing back the 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 melfi and tony you know i think i like the way that they ended the episode just about with um you know tony going to see melfi and and you you kind of know even though at that point she's going to be back right you know that she's not getting rid of him for good and 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 we really get that introduction of pussy back into the show yeah and it sets the stage for really what's going to be shadowing tony for the next you know nine or 11 12 episodes which is you know uh, that he suspects pussy is an informant so great episode it's an a just not an a plus i agree i'll give it an a um uh yeah perfect job of of setting up the season and that opening montage and then you know the way they integrated everyone back into the story and then started the story we know you know starting this the the season arc um yeah wonderful just a wonderful job and uh yeah the only thing that didn't work in the opening montage was a- aj they couldn't come up with something better for aj to run in a comb through his hair yeah, combing his hair what was, he, what was he trying what was he going for does that mean he was getting he trying to getting older why couldn't they give him like that little half-assed mustache teenagers have like pretend to comb, comb his <laughs> little know. mustache i don't think robert eiler he was barely able to grow a mustache when he was like 17 or 18 on the show yeah I like when he's He had some half ass goatee, I remember at one point. Yeah. I like when he held his ears when they were screaming the sister Parvati and, and Barbara when they see each other. <laughs> yes. Like like, dude, you're you're an Italian kid yeah. in an Italian household and this was the first day something was loud. I mean Yeah, he's not used to yeah, it. Yeah, you're not used to that. Yeah. I mean that's you know. Yeah. Is that when Tony walks that in was and false. Janice starts screaming and yeah. Right. That's good. One thing Italians are not is quiet. No, right. He would know. He would know better than anyone. He grew up in that right. damn family. Um, what else? First time you get to see Gigi. Was it? Who's not a su- super important character, but I always like Gigi. Yeah, I like seeing Ray Curto in there too. Knowing that, spoiler alert, he's going to flip one day. Um, you know, you wonder in retrospect, not, I don't yes. know, I don't know if the writers or Chase knew he was flipped at that point, 
but it always it's good to see him there bringing in bags of money and we got we got we got Silvio's half like horrible Pacino impressions. Oh, I know. And is that I guess I I'm, I'm always wondering is that I always wondered was that is that ironic? Are they doing that ironically? Well, they 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 they're so tickled by it, like like amused, like they they can't be amused because it's even close. I think they just like seeing him do it. Um, you know, I also think that they wanted to actually say the line our true enemy hasn't revealed himself and I guess in reference to pussy. Yes. Uh, yes. you know, because he did the pull me out, they pull me back in, you know, that did that one the true enemy and one other one or the, the K the, the, the K crying like that, that face of her crying and Michael, yeah, Michael, Michael. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's, we all hate K. Uh, every Godfather lover hates, uh, you know, I still hate Diane Geen. And, uh, but yeah, that, I, yeah, the impression's horrible. It's terrible. And I, yeah, I don't like, I guess it's, it's funny from that standpoint, but, I've always thought, like, really? I think I could do a better, you know, Michael Corleone than that, or or Al Pacino, or whatever you you want to say. Yeah. It's just, it's odd. I do think you're right. I think they just wanted that line of our true enemy has yet to reveal himself. Um, very telltale. Uh, it's and it kind of foreshadowing, obviously. I can't, I can't wait to get to um, Funhouse. I can't wait. Yeah, we got a little ways to yeah. go. I'm excited because I've been um, I've been in a rut. I, I'm I'm rewatching Deadwood, and uh, I'm not starting anything new. Uh, Killing Eve just ended, uh, along with Game of Thrones, obviously. Um, so I'm like I'm like I don't know what I want to watch right now. So I'm just kind of content with Deadwood. But The Sopranos is always just a nice. It's always a welcome sight. It's refreshing. Yeah. Yeah, it's refreshing. It's good to go back. I'm in. I'm definitely in a funk. I haven't watched anything besides Sopranos uh, and a little bit of Game of Thrones you know I went back and started doing a little bit of rewatch there but since the Game of Thrones finale I've I've been in a funk um, I have a lot to do I have to I have to still have to catch up on Better Call Saul um, I'll be watching Big Little Lies I don't think you were a fan but I, I watched the first season of that it's a pretty good show I didn't watch it I, I don't know I, it's if good. you tell me to it's I guess good. I will I, mean, I, I like I said I want to start Westworld too or uh, yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go through westworld although i i got the sense that season three might be kind of a standalone or a reinvention of the show maybe um i think it is well i mean they're they're bringing in aaron paul right um he's never been on the show before it looks like he's going to be sort of a central character i do think they're carrying over i want to say evan rachel wood's character into this season so that'll be maybe the link between yeah seasons i don't know who that is, I have to rewatch. I only saw the pilot. Oh, oh, you'll know once you watch. Okay, you'll know who she is. But uh, you, uh, um, man, man. I mean, I don't know what I have to do. Do I have to like, like, cl- clockwork orange you into a chair and make you watch it? Like, what, do I, <laughs> what, what, what will it please, take? Please, please don't. I have a, I have a, 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 a grave fear of having my eyelids, you know, taped back in any way. Well, that that would scare the shit out of all me. All right, then I, that, then I, I am threatening you with that then. That's right. I just told you exactly what to yeah. do. If you and to I'll, make me watch and I'll have uh, a box of mosquitoes that I will let loose into the room, and hopefully they sting your are, eye. Are you going to be uh, wearing like white 
jumpsuits and and weird hats and and a cod piece. What else they wear? They wear clown clown noses. Yeah, clown nose, a cod piece. Yeah, I'll wear it all. Scary. Great, Great, movie. Great movie. Clockwork Orange. That'll be we. That should be our next thing. Let's let's talk about our favorite movies. Yeah, we got a million things yeah. to do. Forget, forget be, I even said. We, we do. I mean, and plus, I mean, football's around the corner. You think about OTA it. OTA is not that right. far away. Yeah, and that not that far away. We're gonna have our war, uh, our, our our local wars. It's gonna be good stuff. Stay tuned. Oh yeah, please stay tuned. I mean, if you're a football fan and you like, you know, listening to idiots battle one another. Um, I think uh, there's a lot of stuff ahead that's going to interest you. Yeah. And we're going to have clips, and I think you know we're going to be pulling clips from their show and talking about it. I know that we're going to disagree with about eighty percent of what they have to say. That's just a given. We get, uh, I can't wait. We got big a real feud. Big plans, Johnny Cakes. Big big plans. We do. We're taking the city back. Yes. That's our theme. That's our theme for uh, 2019. Love it. Taking Philly back. Make Philly great again? Make make MPGA. <laughs> yes. Sounds like sounds like a golf association, honestly. <laughs> um all right, listen, we're just under two hours. Wow. We've become a two hour podcast. Apparently. That that's what's happening. Yeah. We we rambled a Put lot. Put in the show notes. Listen it. One and a half speed. We forgot again. Gotta say this at the beginning. If you if you're if your phone offers three times speed, <laughs> I suggest using that. Finish us in uh, yeah. in forty minutes. Listen, like we're the chipmunks. Um, okay. Well, listen. Thank you to everyone. We will be back next week. Um, I think we should try to take a stab at doing two episodes at a time. We should come back with episodes two and three I agree. of season two. You yes. know, let's let's get a move on with this with this series. We'll never be done. Um, but all right, thank you everyone. Please remember to rate us um, in whatever forum you're listening to um, our podcast on, whether it's iTunes or Google Podcasts or Spotify, Podbean, whatever. Um, please uh, leave us a five star review, rate us, uh, make fun of us. It's all it's all enjoyable. Bring it on. Uh, but it yeah it's, exactly bring it on. Sympath- uh, but it's been fun, Sym- Jeff. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> Stepping all yeah. over the uh, outro here. No, it's all good. Um, listen, Episode 45. It's been a great week. Episode 45 coming to a close. And uh, Jeff, as always, I would like to have I the have final word. I have a special request for all listeners. Do me a favor. Put a smile on your face. It's a god of the state of mind. Two guys from Jersey with attitude all the time. Football kids and movies about crime. It's a garden state of mind